Amen. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares on God, all your concerns, all your anxiety on Him, for He cares for you. This morning, we're going to change directions just a little bit in our uh, message series that we've been in on uh, the um, on the church, and we are a part of the church. And uh, uh, was the events that happened on Tuesday in our nation and uh, down in Texas. Uh, the Lord led me to uh, preach something different this morning, so that's why uh, taking just a little break in that series and going to a different message this morning called "Difficult Times." Difficult times, and uh, it's good to have the children in here with us uh, this morning. We have a few of them uh, here today, so I will uh, do my best not to go on and on and on. Uh, They, I'm sure, will appreciate that, as well as uh, a lot of you as well, right? Um, That's a great place to say amen. (laughs) I gave you the chance. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, if you want to turn your Bibles, though, with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, or if you are uh, using a tablet or a phone or a device uh, to look that up, I'll be reading this passage from the Message Translation. I don't use this, don't usually uh, read from the Message very often, but the wording in this passage is so descriptive for us. Uh, this morning, I chose to use this passage, so uh, that is why. And it'll be on the screen as well for you in case uh, you don't have something to look that up for uh, with. But uh, welcome, many of you too, that are uh, maybe a guest with us this morning. Uh, thank you for being here, and maybe you're with your family. Maybe you're just uh, uh, visiting here for the first time or the second time. Uh, thank you so much for um uh, just for being here among us, um, I um, as we were praying together, I just uh, kind of had a change of heart over something this morning. I was able to meet um, a person on the way in today um, as she came in, and I just want to just say she's here today, and she's not going to come up and say anything. She didn't ask to do that or anything, but I just want to uh, you to know that uh, Gina Johnson is with us this morning. Uh, it's good to have her here. She is fighting uh, for uh, families and for our beliefs. And we are, we've been singing about our beliefs today and what we stand for. And she uh, is here today. And if you'd like to talk to her, uh, you're more than willing to do that. Um, as a pastor, I, I don't endorse candidates. I don't tell you who to vote for. Um, I don't want to do that, but I do want to just tell you that she is here. Uh, she'd be glad to, to talk to you this morning, uh, and we just thank her. We thank Gina. Thank you for, uh, for your prayers, for uh, just um, for what you are doing. You're not only uh, running for an office here in, uh, in the future, but you have been doing a lot uh, for our state and what um, uh, some of the things that we as a church believe in. And so we just wanted to thank you for that. Um, So I just wanted to mention that to you. Well, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 together, verses 1 through 9. Uh, Again, as I said, this is very descriptive of uh, difficult times. Uh, The Apostle Paul wrote this. This was part of uh, the letter, uh, his second letter to Timothy, uh, as Timothy was um, leading a church 
at this time. And so Paul wrote this. As he was writing this, he is thinking about difficult times. Who would have known almost 2,000 years later we would still be reading this together and, uh, and understanding that this is a very, these are very descriptive words of what is going on not only in our nation now, but all over the world. So let's read this together. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 9. Don't be naive. Don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contentious appearance, crude, Coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanderous, or slanderers, impulsively wild, savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated wingbags, addicted to lust and allergic to God. Don't you love those wor- the wording of that? It's so true, though, isn't it? They'll make a show of religion, but behind the scenes... Their animals. Stay clear of these people. These are the kind of people who smooth talk themselves into the homes of unstable and needy women and take advantage of them. Women who, depressed by their sinfulness, take up with every new religious fad that calls itself truth. And I think uh, we could add men, women, children, boys, and girls in that, I, I think, in these times. They get exploited every time and never really learn. These men are like those old Egyptian frauds, Janus and Jamrus, who challenged Moses. They were rejects from the faith, twisted in their thinking, defying truth itself. But nothing will come of these latest imposters. Everyone will see through them, just as people saw through that Egyptian hoax. You may be here this morning thinking, as we read through that, well, who in the world are, are Janus and Jambres? And why do they challenge Moses? Well, uh, they are not actually, they're not in the Old Testament listed there in the book of Exodus. But according to Jewish tradition, they were Pharaoh's magicians. Those magicians that at the time of the Exodus that tried to, uh, you know, they were able to do some of those um, uh, crazy uh, miracles and those things, those plagues, and they, they could uh, do a, a, a handful of those, but they couldn't do them all. Uh, they were those, uh, those, those guys that legends later that we read about in some of the Jewish writings. I want to ask you this morning, and maybe you have asked this, um, this question before. I've asked this many times. Um, there's been writers who have wrote, um, in fact, Dr. David Jeremiah wrote a book with this title, with this question. What in the world is going on? What in the world is going on? It seems like we sometimes finally say to ourselves, I don't think that the world could get much worse, and then something else happens. We have another war. We have another uh, sad event that happens, or something else happens, and we think, what now? What is going on? These are difficult times that we live in. 
when I heard the news on Tuesday about another school tragedy in an elementary school, my, my heart just sank and my stomach just got sickened inside and I couldn't believe the news again. Innocent children, school teachers that woke up one morning and didn't know what was going to happen. I want to be careful as we have children here in the service about uh, what I say about those things, but I just, again, ask that question, what in the world is going on? It causes us to think again about safety and about what are we doing to be prepared for anything that could happen. It's another reminder to us that we need to be prepared for eternity. Not just for events that happen here on this earth, but we need to be prepared for eternity. We don't know how many days that we'll have left on this earth, do we? We are living in difficult times. When I was um, about the age of uh, 20, 21 uh, Terry and I, we, I was 21 when we got married, so it was right before we got married, I started working for uh, UPS, United Postal Service. And uh, part of my job, uh, I was stuck in the trailer for a lot of times. I had to unload um, package cars and things. But finally, I worked my way up in the ranks. I became um, a driver where I'd go around and I would uh, pick up next day air packages out of the boxes that you see. If you want to uh, mail something next day air, you just go to one of those boxes. Well, I'd, I'd pick those up at night. I finally worked my way up to uh, becoming a driver, uh, not quite full-time, but I started on that path of becoming a full-time driver uh, all the time for UPS. And I remember when I was uh, taking the classes to become a driver full-time, we, we had to watch um, several videos. We had to have the instructors teach us how to drive uh, the package cars. And it was very important that we did not get in an accident. I mean, it was imperative that we did not uh, swipe another vehicle. We did not hit a post. And we didn't do anything to put a scratch in one of those vehicles because if we did uh, it wasn't uh, you'd be put on probation um, in fact if it was within like your first 30 days of driving uh, the rumor was that you'd probably lose your job um, as a driver so it was very they were very strict about driving uh, for UPS if you were driving and you came up to a stop sign you would have to come up uh, come to a complete stop they would tell you to look left look right and then look left again. Uh, so you were double-checking your vision on all sides before you pulled out into the intersection and, and crossed the road. Uh, I remember them saying that you need to watch out for, uh, for other drivers, for other people, maybe pedestrians that are on the side of the road, that you had to almost, in a sense, be not driving for them, but you had to almost predict what other people were going to do because you did not want to be in an accident as a UPS driver. Your job was to get those packages on time to the places and pick up packages uh, wherever you were going. I was thinking about that because the Apostle Paul warned Timothy in this passage, and he, it's almost like an urgency here that uh, Timothy is saying, watch out for deceiving people. 
Watch out for people that could trap you. So they could say things. They could do things to try to mess you up in this world. There were false teachers that were uh, probably inside possibly Timothy's church or around uh, that area that, uh, that he was teaching in or he was leading in at that time. The same warning still applies to us today. Now, I'm not saying that there's false teachers here inside this uh, building today, uh, but the, the possibilities there, where our doors are open, anyone is welcome to come into our service today. But outside of, the, of these walls, I know that there are people that are not teaching what the Bible says. That's why it is important for us today to make sure that we are reading this book. We're reading the Bible. We are in the Word. That we are singing about the Word. That we are teaching about the Word in all that we do here in this church and in our uh, Bible studies outside of this. These are difficult times that we live in. These are times when sin and deceit are rampant. But I want to give us this morning three things that will probably be reminders to you today, but they are things of urgency that I want to remind us about. The first one is this. We must be alert. We must be alert or stay alert. There was one time, and this was actually before Terry and I were married, and this was probably when we knew... I'm used to you guys sitting over here, so I started looking over here. But when we knew Doug and Doris from camp days when we were teenagers, uh, Terry was still a senior in high school, and I was driving from Cadillac up to Manton, Michigan. And Manton was where uh, the campgrounds was for the North Michigan District at that time. And so I would work all day long, uh, and then I would go up there where Terry was, um, staying with her family, and I'd be there for the service so I could... I'd say I was going for the service, but I was there to see Terry. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, but I'd stay there at the, the camp pretty late. Um, and I was getting up at you know, probably 6 o'clock in the morning to go to work. And so I'd stay at camp until 11.30, 12 o'clock at night. And so I was driving back from Manton to Cadillac. And by the end of the week, I was getting pretty tired. And I remember the one night, I mean, I was, I was nodding off and I was dozing off. And I actually uh, fell asleep when I was driving to the point where all of a sudden I heard that, that sound of gravel. You know, that, that was back before they had the rumble strips on the side of the road. Um, but I heard gravel uh, I was hitting. And I, and I instantly woke up and, and I panicked. Um, maybe some of you have been in that state before. You wake up and you just panic. And so my foot automatically hit the gas. Uh, or and not the gas, the, the brake. And so when I hit the brake, I was on that gravel. The car just kind of slid. And I did this, um, not a 360, but I got a 180. And I ended up in the driveway of a mobile home court right outside of Cadillac. <laughs> and I remember a couple of people, I mean, it, it made a, quite a bit of a noise. A couple of people came out of the front trailer and they're looking to see what happened and I, I don't remember. I probably just weighed on and just uh, uh, backed up and left. But that was a close one for me. Uh, I wouldn't recommend driving if you're very, very tired like that. But I wasn't staying very alert. I was nodding off. I was dozing off at the wheel. 
I want to remind us this morning, I want to encourage us this morning in our walk with the Lord, or maybe, maybe you don't know God yet, or maybe you've never asked the Lord to come into your life and to change you, but I want to urge you to be alert this morning. We'll talk a little bit about that being uh, uh, that part of um, being alert in our life a little bit later, but this morning I want to remind us here to stay alert. The Apostle Paul uses these words, don't be naive. Don't be naive. Don't just walk around in this life thinking, oh, everything's great. I'm just, everything's fine. No, it says in the NIV uh, version, it says, mark this. Make it important. The, The New Living Translation says, you should know this. Don't be naive about this. Stay alert. Watch out. Jesus even tells us in Matthew 24, verse 4, watch out that no one deceives you. In 1 Peter chapter 5, right after verse 7, now we've quoted verse 7 a couple times already, but verses 8 and 9 say, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. So how do we stay alert? How do we be alert? Resist the devil. Number one is resist the devil. Flee from him. Our enemy, the devil, wants to destroy you. But we need to stand firm. Don't give in to him. Say no. Ephesians 4, verse 27, Paul said, Do not give the devil a foothold. Don't even let him... Get a part of your life. The second way that we can be alert is to trust Jesus. So we resist the devil, but not only resist the devil, but trust in the Lord. Keep our eyes focused on Jesus. When we're not clear-minded, when we're not really focused, when when we're being naive, it's usually because we're full of anxiety we're full of fear we think i'll just live life the way i want to live it sometimes it's when everything is out of control but philippians chapter 4 i want to remind you today that it says do not be anxious do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to god And then the peace of God, which paths all understanding, or which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In Mark 13, 9, Jesus said, be on your guard. Be alert. Be alert. Stay alert. Not only are we supposed to stay alert, but we also should be diligent. Be diligent. To be diligent, it means characterized by steady, earnest, and energetic effort. To have energy, to have effort. In other words, don't give up. Don't give up. As we're staying alert and as we're staying focused on the Lord in in these hard times in life, don't give up. 
The enemy wants to discourage us. The enemy wants to defeat us. But in 1 Timothy 6.12, just like it says there, keep on fighting the good fight of faith. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. It is so easy for us to abandon the faith, isn't it? That's what our enemy wants us to do. And sometimes when discouraging things happen, when frustrating things happen, sometimes it's just, it seems easy just to say, you know what, I'm, I'm done. I'm over this. You know what, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do because it just seems easier. But the Bible encourages us to be diligent in our walk. Be diligent. In 1 Peter chapter 4, and I know I'm, I'm quoting a lot of scripture this morning, but it's encouraging for us. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, and then some verses after that, it says this. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith, and they will follow deceiving spirits and things taught even by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. In verse 7, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales, Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And then jumping down to verse 11, command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, and in truth, and in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Verse 14, do not neglect your gift. Be diligent. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Be alert, be diligent, stay strong, keep going. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'm not going to take time to read these verses, but in verses 11 through 24, there's some verses in there. If you want to memorize scripture, uh, take some of these verses, because some of these are just two words or, two, or three words um, apiece. Verses 16, uh, verse 16 says, Be joyful always. Memorize that. What a great verse to memorize. Be joyful always. And then the next verse, pray continually. And then give thanks in all circumstances. I think we could just about all of us memorize those verses if we haven't already. But it's easy to think, and maybe you think today, that's impossible. (laughs) How in the world can you live like that? Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, be joyful always. Yeah, I don't know how to tell you to do that on your own power, but it's only through Jesus, only through his strength, only by being diligent, keeping your eyes focused on him that we're able to to give thanks, even in difficult times. 
We don't have to be thankful for what has happened, but we need to be thankful that Jesus is with us in that time, in those difficult times, praying as often as we can, as much as we can without ceasing. Yes, that's hard to do, and yes, it's easy to say, well, I can't do that, I'm not perfect. But if the Bible says to do that, it must be possible. The Bible wouldn't ask us to do something that wasn't possible, but it's only possible because God sanctifies us through and through. He gives us the power and empowers us to be able to do those things that are impossible on our own. The little book of Jude, verse 24 says, To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and without great joy. If God can keep us from falling by by the power of God living inside of us, when we're keeping our eyes focused on him, he can help us. He can give us strength to keep our eyes on him and be diligent each and every day. So we are to be alert. We are to be diligent in our walk. But we also need to be ready. We need to be ready. And not just ready for anything, but like I said earlier, we need to be ready at any moment to face eternity. In Mark chapter 13... Jesus also gave some warnings that we can read. And he says this in verses 32 and through 36. No one knows about that day or hour. Speaking about his return and the end of, of this life on earth. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And then he says this, so be on guard And we see this again, be alert, he says. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and he puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task. And he tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, he says, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back. Whether it's in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. And if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Watch. In other words, be ready. Be ready at any moment for Jesus to come back. Matthew twenty four forty two. he says, Keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come. We must be ready. There's other verses in Matthew where Jesus tells us to keep watch. Be ready. I'm coming again. We don't know when that's going to be. But we need to be ready. My grandfather, on my mother's side, he died at the age of 43. I think about him uh, at Memorial Day time. Many of you think of your loved ones who have passed away, some of them at very early ages. 43 is early to me now, 
Back when I was my grandkids' age and then when I was even in high school, I thought, 43 is old. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to ever make it to 43. Now I look back at that age and think, oh, to be 43 again. <laughs> um, that'd be nice. But he had a massive heart attack. My mom, I think, was 10 years old when he died. My grandmother was left with five young children and teenagers. Some of you have been there. You know what that's like. But we don't know when our last day on earth is going to be, do we? And I don't want to be a preacher, a messenger that always wants to give you the, the good news and tell you that all about God's love. Yes, I want to do that, but I don't want to be the preacher that never tells you that you need to be ready that you need to know where you're going when you die. You need to know where you're going when Jesus comes back if you have not passed away in this life and Jesus comes. I don't like to scare people into becoming a Christian. I don't, I don't believe that's the best way to tell people that, they're, uh, that they could that they could face a judgment and just to, uh, to, to, you know, that is important to talk about those things, but I don't want to do that in a way that scares people in being a Christian. I'm not going to do that today. But unfortunately, unfortunately, many people have just said a salvation prayer. <clears throat> They've just, just said the words, don't really mean the words. They just don't want to, to burn in flames and hell, but their life really hasn't changed after saying that prayer. The Bible says that when we truly become a follower of Jesus, when we, when we invite the Lord to come in and to change our hearts, the Bible says that we will become a new creation, that the old things in life, our old heart, our old ways will become new. And because the old is gone, and the new life in Jesus has, has come now. Jesus even said, You are truly my disciples if you take up your cross daily and follow me. Jesus didn't say, Well, if you say this prayer and then just go on with your life, everything is fine, just go on and you'll go to heaven. No, he said, Being a disciple of mine is not always easy. It's not always easy. It's going to be difficult. You're going to go through difficult times. Jesus didn't die on a cross just so we could escape from hell. Jesus died on a cross so that we could experience his love, so that our life could change, our heart could change, our heart could be purified and cleansed. And when we repent of the sinful life and those sins that we have committed, in life, Jesus will come in and he will make us into a brand new person. The old has come and the new, or the old is gone and the new has come. I want to urge you this morning, if you do not know where you will end up when you die, if you don't know if you're going to be in heaven or in hell, and if God is speaking to you today, and, you've, and you want to make sure you are ready to meet the Savior. We want to give you that, I want to give you that chance today before we leave. 
And I don't want to do that just so that you'll escape going to hell, like I said. I want to do that so you'll experience life. You'll experience the life that Jesus talked about, the life that is full, the life of freedom today that we can have, the life that is different than the life that our enemy wants you to have. It's a life that Jesus wants to give you today. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all, all of us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all done things in our life that is considered sinful. And Jesus, because of what he did on the cross and because of the blood that he shed on that cross, that's the only way that those sins are going to be forgiven. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us than for the, in this. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. We deserve to die because of the sin in our life. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thankfully, Jesus went to that cross. His blood was shed on that cross. And when we put our faith and our trust and, our, and we believe in him, and we confess that sin. The Bible says in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, if we confess with our mouth that he is Lord, and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Because Jesus did not just stay on that cross dead. He didn't stay in the tomb dead, but he rose from the grave. And in verse 13, it says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we are saved and when we call out to God and ask Him to save us, the peace of God comes in. The peace of God that we talked about in Philippians chapter 4, that... We can't even describe hardly. We can't even hardly imagine that peace comes and Jesus cleans us up and he makes us into a new creation and, and grants us that peace. So as we close today, I encourage us to be alert, to be diligent, but to be ready, to be ready at any moment to meet our Savior. Let's stand together. Let's stand together and with every um, head bowed and every eye closed, I want to lead us in a prayer this morning. If you'd like to join me in praying this, you can pray it out loud if you'd like. Um, God knows your hearts though as well and your mind. And If you'd like to uh, just pray it silently uh, this morning as long as you mean these words uh, as the Bible says there, but I encourage you to, to say it with me this morning and ask Jesus to come and make you into a new creation. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I know that I need a Savior. And I believe that you are that Savior. I repent of my sin. 
And I'm thankful today that you died on a cross for my sin and you shed your blood for the forgiveness of my sin. I believe that you died and I believe that you rose again. And so I invite you, Lord, to come and live inside of me, to change me, to make me into a new creation. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me and for cleansing me and for purifying my heart. Help me, Lord, to live for you all the days of my life. And I will do my best to be diligent and to serve you. Thank you, Jesus. I pray this in your name. Amen. With your heads bowed still and your eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, maybe for your first time or maybe this kind of a recommitment to you. Maybe you've walked away from the Lord in the past and you just wanted to, uh, to be ready, to get ready to meet Jesus. Just raise your hand so I can pray for you. I'm not going to call you out I'm not, by name. I'm not going to invite you to come up here and stand in front of us all, but just so I can pray for you that Jesus would help you in your walk. All right. Thank you so much. Let's pray. God, Thank you for those that have raised their hand today. Lord, I'm, I know that some of these may be a first-time commitment. Some of these may just be a, a, an affirmation or a recommitment, Lord, to serving you uh, better or, or more uh, diligently, Lord. Or, or maybe they just want to make sure that their walk with you is right. Thank you, Lord, that your word says that nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus. Nothing. Though we, Lord, sometimes, sometimes do things to, to grieve your heart, I'm sure. Sometimes we, we, we mess up in, in life. You never give up in loving us. You never quit loving us. Thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, each and every day to just be alert and diligent and and ready. These are difficult days that we live in. So much sorrow, so much pain, so much heartache, so many people that are grieving because they've just even recently lost loved ones, even in the last few days. And some of these people, they they don't know how they're going to going to keep going. Lord, we pray that somehow your comfort, your love would just wrap around them. These moms and dads and these grandpas and grandmas and, and people that, Lord, uh, are, just, are just in sorrow, may they find help in you somehow. And Lord, as we go away from this place, May we be a light in this dark world. May we go and, and know that you are with us, that you speak through us. 
our actions. You speak through us in our words that we say. May we continue to be the church in all that we do, in all that we say, in all the, in all the ways that we even think, Lord. And may you be honored and glorified and praised. And we pray this now in your wonderful name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that you have a great rest of your holiday weekend. Uh, be safe and um, great. Be uh, glad to see you back here this week or next week. Thank you. Have a great day.